All the living entities within the universe, within the universe, are conducted by the Vedic directions as a bull is directed by the rope attached to its nose. No one can violate the rules laid down in the Vedic literatures. To the chief person who has contributed the Vedas, we offer our respect. This reminded me, these, a lot of these statements come from earlier stated again, or for the second time or the first time, however you want to look at it in the sixth canto, which, which I'll get out in a second. Story, story of the Jamion, confrontation that happened. And the Yamadudas and Vishnu Dudas came at the same time. This is a verse about everyone is is uh, like a bull with a nose, you know, the Vedic being being directed by the Vedas, just like a bull with a ring in its nose. It's also in one of the verses in that maybe third chapter of sixth canto. <clears throat> this reminded me of something funny I heard at work <laughs> when I was in San Diego working in a hospital. This uh, African-American gentleman, he was, a lot of times African-Americans have a, have a way of expressing themselves. It's just so perfect Some, in you know, a lot of situations. And this, this fellow was, he was doing the same job. We were trading off shifts one day. And he had a, a, a son who I guess, um, told his father at some point, you know, don't try to tell me what to do or don't touch me. I'll call the police. And they'll they come and pick up people like you, you know, who you know, if, if, if we call the who this child protection people or not child protection. Anyway, there's some government office where they'll step in, you know, and they'll they'll take a child away from his parents and somewhere, you know, if the child just reports it. It used to be, it's probably better now. This is a long time ago, 20 years ago. So, um, but anyway, the, this friend of mine just told his son, he said, yeah, you go ahead and do that. You'll find out that you are nothing without me, you know. Without me, you don't exist or something like that. I forget how exactly he said it, but you know, Without, unless there's me, there's no you, something like that. So he was telling me, you know, whatever your life is, whatever you have an idea of yourself and your life, it doesn't exist without me. And um, so this statement here, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. The first time I, I saw that in the, in the Bible time, I thought, wow, that's, that's an amazing statement. I, I want to remember that. Because, well, we, we think we're independent, you know. But, like a bull with a, anybody been on the farm and seen, seen animals with a nose, you know, ring? And, uh, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, it's just a little piece of flesh there, but this huge animal is totally controlled. Um, easily, easily by any man holding the rope for that, that thing's nose, you know. 
<laughs> so, in fact, we're all like that. Because we get see this Bhagavad Gita verse that says that we're riding on a machine made of material energy. Sanskrit word is yantra. When we get our yantra, we think this machine is us, and we're independent. Just like this little boy, this my friend's little boy. You know, for a child to think that is so so ridiculous. But a child plays and, and gets the idea that you know I'm really playing and doing what I want to do. But actually, he has no way to make a total arrangement for his life in terms of his food and his clothes, and, you know, the money coming in, all the things that are required for him to have his little little life playing around like the secure time to lose your boy. He's so uninhibited all the time, but actually all this stuff is going on with support of this. So support his activities. So um, there's this verse that Srila Prabhupada quotes Dharma Tushakshad, Tushakshad, Bhagavatam. And I thought that was kind of referred to by the, in the purport. But, uh, conditioned souls, um, well, the laws of, refers to the laws of the Supreme Personality of Godhead that cannot be violated. Any more than one can, can violate the state laws. So that verse, Dharma Tushakshad Bhagavad means that um, the um, principles of our existence are given by, and the laws that regulate us are given directly by the Supreme Personality of Godhead alone. So in the sixth canto, there was this, you know, doubts about that with the Yamadudas who came to collect uh, a job here. And um, they were surprised and angry to find out that, that the person that they served wasn't the supreme. That the enemy got in charge of death and sent them, and always sent them after people. They just assumed that he was the supreme person. And um, so Prabhupada has a nice purport in, in that um, chapter after the confrontation. Yamaraj straightens his, the um, Yamadudas, his messengers out, saying that actually I'm not the supreme. like to use the language that's in the scripture is so much better. Um, the order carriers of Yamaraj were baffled and defeated by the order carriers of Vishnu. These four beautiful forms came and stopped them from taking a job there. 
So the Yamadutas, they asked Yamarod, how many controllers or rulers are there in this material world? Prabhupada said they were kind of in an angry tone of voice. How many controllers are there? If you're not it, how many, who is? And how many are there? How many causes are responsible for manifesting the various results of activities performed under the three modes of material nature? punishment ordained by your authority is no longer affected since your order has been transgressed by four wonderful and perfect persons. As having thus been questioned with Lord Yamarai, the supreme controller of the living enemies, he calls him with small letters, supreme controllers, was very pleased with his order carriers because of hearing from them from the the holy name of Narayana. He remembered the lotus feet of the Lord and began to reply, My dear servants, you have accepted me as a supreme, but factually I am not. Above me and above all other demigods, including even Chandra, is the one supreme master and controller. Um, so as we know, Yamaraj is one of the Mahajans. Last one on the list, 12. He's an authority, and he... It's text number 19. He continues to tell his uh, messengers, the Supreme Personality of God is self-sufficient, fully independent. He's a master of everyone and everything, including the illusory energy. Um, in this Dharma Tusakshad Bhagavad Panitam verse, real religious principles are enacted by the Supreme Personality of God Although fully situated in the mode of goodness, even the great rishis who occupy the topmost planets cannot ascertain the real religious principles. Nor can the demigods or leaders of Siddhaloka say nothing of the asuras, ordinary human beings, vidyaharas, and charanas. So uh, I was thinking of reading that purport. It said some interesting things like, it's already said even the great rishis don't really know real religious principles. Prophet says in the purport that the, the demigods also, you know, in the upper planetary systems, are unaware of the things like who is actually this thing. Anyway, the purport says, when, ch when challenged by the Vishnu, because I wanted to, these uh, two disappearance days and one appearance day, disappearance of Ramachandra, Kaviraj, disappearance of Jayadev, Goswami, and appearance of Gopal Goswami. had some things to say about them, so I don't want to get into too much more about this. Purple. Anybody have any quick comments about Since gratification is just like salt, Sri Papa says, one cannot take too much or too little. One must take some salt in order to make one's food stuff palatable. So that's interesting too, you know, it's not like we, we don't require some sense gratification. 
And we have some stratification. The cedar is drowning you out a bit. Can you put that uh, mic closer to your mouth, please? Oh. I can do that. Um, so, uh, let's see here. <clears throat> we talked about the rope attached to the nose. No one can violate the rules laid down in Vedic literatures. Shiva Prophet says, um, it's not like no one can violate the state laws, but people violate the state laws. But we know that this stuff is something that devotees you know, learn through their practices and meditation, exposure to the scriptures and the acharyas. It, it doesn't appear that people are suffering, but they are. This, this fellow who's a PhD student at the university who's studying optics, who's in super distress at one point because he had kind of falling out after several years of his PhD work, falling out with his major professor. And it looked like he wasn't going to get his PhD degree after all this work. And you know, the major professor a lot of times will take the work of the of their student and publish it like it's their own, you know, and then you know, to not give them the PhD degree. And then they can't go to another person for a PhD degree. They have to please, sort of like the spiritual master uh, situation. You don't just go to another spiritual master and take initiation if you don't like the one you have. You know, that's against principles, etiquette, whatever. So this, uh, I was talking to this fellow over a period of time. He's getting all these physical symptoms. He had ringing in the ears, terrible ringing in the, in the ears, which is so hard to treat there's really no not much you can do for it um he's more and more unhealthy and distressed and uh, it was all the stress of this phd work and whether he was going to get it or not he he said to me at one point i was trying to encourage him you know this is you have to you know you, you admit you need some kind of meditation or some way to get relief so try this just try this chanting hard years from how much you know and he wanted to, and he came to some of our classes and whatnot, but one day he said, you know, I, I see a, a young guy and a young woman in a convertible or something like that, and I think, I want that. You know, why, should, why shouldn't I have that? And uh, I said, well, you know, you may not see it, and you know very well those two people that you see in the convertible, they're, they're maybe young, beautiful people. They may be practically at the end of the rope. They may be both suicidal. They're so upset with their own lives. You know, you don't know what you're looking at. So anyway, that was a situation that stuck in my head. But I, he was just, you could see, he was just going back and forth in his head, you know, spiritual life. Or he was actually uh, from the Middle East, Iraq or Iran, somewhere. So he had this religious background. He knew a lot of things. So anyway, we're like bulls with ropes in our nose, and we don't don't realize it. <laughs> uh, anybody have any comments? One more time. Otherwise, uh, I'd like to say a few things about these personalities that we're observing. Did you have any? No. Did um, this come up? Uh, 
eventually reveal to the demigods that Krishna is their supreme? Uh, think how this uh, is all going here. Can you repeat the question? How did Brahma ever to these demigods? I mean, yeah, they're praying to Brahma. Well, um, let's see now what's happening. Do they eventually go to see Lord Vishnu and he comes personally? Maybe they have, I can't remember how the story is going to go, this particular one. Or how they come to know, you know. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Uh, anybody else? So, uh, Gopal Bhatta Goswami first. Uh, this is appearance day. Um, where is it? So, he's kind of well known as being, uh, when Krishna Das Kaviraj wrote Chaitanya Charitamrita, he was, before he wrote it, he was seeking the blessings of the great personalities, especially the six Goswamis, and he's known for making a deal with him. I'll give you my blessings to write that, as long as one thing, you know, if I remember. Yeah, don't mention me in the book. Yeah, don't mention me in the book. He has mentioned a couple of times, but it's very, you know, minimally. So anyway, he was uh, a young boy when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went on his South Indian tour and he met the father of Gopal, his name is Bhimkata Bhatta, and Bhimkata's brother, he was, he had two brothers, one was Prabodha and another Saraswati, and uh, they were high-class Brahmins of, let's say, vast learning, and uh, I guess Mahaprabhu was impressed with the devotion of, also, of Bhimkata Prabhu and Bhatta, and was invited to spend the four months of Chaitanya much at his house, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did. So this Gopal got the association of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for four solid months. Said so some, uh, yeah, as a little boy. Yeah, they were actually worship Lakshmi Narayan. This was the whole thing about um, Lord Mahaprabhu picked at him about Lakshmi. Devi, why you, you were worshiping Lakshmi Devi? Very good, but can you explain to me why Lakshmi could not was not admitted into the Rasa Leela? You know, so they got into a little thing about who was actually superior, Krishna or uh, Narayan, or Narayan. All that happened there, but um, many things happened. Uh, well, the. the Gopal had a dream while during that four month period, and that during which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed him his form as Christian parent and uh, showed him pastimes and allowed him, even through the dream, to enter into pastimes of, of the Lord um, somehow or another. And after the dream, he went directly to Lord Chaitanya and wanted, to, as a little boy, wanted to serve him. And, Mahaprabhu told him, you know, when the time comes, you can. Right now, you stay with your parents until they leave their bodies, and then you can go to Vrindavan uh, and see these uh, jewel-like personalities, Rupa and Sanatana. And um, he told him, 
that uh, somehow or another he told him things like, uh, maybe this was later, that you should not accept any security or any residence place and spend most of your time serving Rupa and Sanatan and writing <coughs> Vaishnava literature with them. So uh, when he finally got to Vrindavan, Mahaprabhu got word of it and uh, was so excited and he sent him a package containing his, loin, his own loincloth and a, a little wooden seat, which apparently you can still see if you go to Vrindavan. I don't know if it's in the Radha Ramana temple because uh, Gopal Bhatta Goswami was a major part of this uh, magnificent Radha, Radha Ramana temple in Vrindavan. And uh, he himself is responsible for that deity of Radha Ramana, which is a beautiful little 12 inch deity of Krishna. There's a story how Gopal Bhatta apparently went around with uh, 12 Shivas around his neck. In a little bag, and he got those shilas on a trip to Nepal. Apparently, as he went to a sacred river in Nepal, and it's called Gambira or something. Gandaki. 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 And uh, he found these shilas, and he took them back to Vrindavan. But somehow or another, he thought, "I'm not qualified or capable of worshiping these shilas properly." So he thought he should take him back, which he did. He went travel all the way back, I guess on foot, uh, maybe, to go to uh, Nepal. And he tried to put them back down on the river where he, where he took them from. And the, when he would put one down, they would jump back in his hand. These little shilas kept coming back in his hand. He tried several times. And, and so anyway, he took it as a sign that, well, these are my shilas now. <laughs> so he takes him back to takes 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 him back to Vrindavan, and uh, it's there's something in there about a, a wealthy merchant donating some paraphernalia for deities to Gopal Bhatti Goswami, some cloth and some ornaments and things which were not appropriate for Shiva worship. They couldn't be used. They were bigger. You know, piece of cloth and whatnot. So it said Gopal Bhatta laid these articles in front of his shilas and just prayed to them and asked them what he should do. And uh, he didn't get an answer right away, but he went to sleep. The next day he woke up and one of the shilas, which was named Damdar, had, had uh, become this 12 inch beautiful, apparently exquisitely beautiful piece of Krishna holding a flute. So he named it, he called all the, uh, you know, the Goswamis and other Vaishnavas there and they, they all, you know, had darshan of the deity and, and they named him Radha Raman, Radha Raman Dev. And then uh, Gopal Bhatta Goswami had a beautiful temple, like I said, built for this deity and it's still there, you can see. That deity is maybe the only one that was not taken away in fear of the Muslims desecrating the deity because they thought, it, well, it's small and they won't, you know, bother with this deity. And it was right, apparently, they didn't. <coughs> so it's still in there, whereas many of the other important deities are in Jaipur or somewhere else. 
Circle called Bhaktivedanta. Do I have any other things to add about him? I read that they, um, some scientists came and examined their knees, uh-huh. and they couldn't find that there's any, any <coughs> human um, touch in terms of heartbeat or anything. Oh. They can discover it. You, did you, you saw that either, probably? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the little uh, wooden seat that uh, um, Lord Chaitanya's own seat that he sent to go? Gopalati was fine. I may have no really yeah, pointed it out. Apparently you can see that he's a blonde actually Lord Chaitanya. Anyway, that's interesting. Supposedly also he has you know how the Shivas have the uh, different chakras? Mm-hmm. Supposedly on his back you can see how the Shiva oh, is in nice. nice. I haven't seen that either. Oh. Wow. Was it an amazing temple, the Mandir? Yeah, it's really funny because it's like this big altar. And then you have a little twelve inch view. <laughs> yeah. But they have a they now they have a video camera, so you you can see a close up that shot. But they have a video screen. Mm. <clears throat> I'm looking for my sheet of paper, which I don't see now. Uh, Ramachandra Kaviraj. Here it is. I was wondering about Ramchandra Kaviraj because the other day when uh, who's our new devotee from Nepal? Kumadvan. Yeah, he spontaneously started this. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Daya There's a Sharana Sri Chaitanya Pade Padma. But the last line of it mentions Ramchandra. Kaviraj. So Narottam Das Daka wrote this beautiful little stanzas, and he, at the end, he's asking his spiritual master, um, is his spiritual master Srinivas? I thought he was asking Srinivas, please give me the association of Ramchandra. So Ramchandra was one of the disciples of Srinivas Acharya. Yeah, right. Not, not so, uh, somebody's asking what not. Um, anyway, Ramchandra Kaviraj was one of the eight disciples of Srinivas who were called Kavirajas. They were great poets. And um, Ramchandra, among other things, was known for this one stanza that he wrote. Vakashila Mahaprabhu Hare Krishna Mantra Premera. I don't have the, the diacritics here, so I'll probably pronounce this wrong. Premera Badara Kare Badila Sansara Anta Avati Yata Kare Parsha Bindu Na Padile Mukhe Ramachandra Das. Translation Sriman Mahaprabhu is so kind that he manifests the nectar of the Hare Krishna Mantra. The holy name will free all souls from the cycle of birth and death, from lower planets, from hell. The holy name will give one a taste of divine love from Radha Madhava. Whether blind or dumb, anyone can drown in this flood of prema. In this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has filled everyone with the love of God. But Ramchandra Das is so unfortunate that he couldn't even taste a drop of that nectar. Um, 
from each other. Kagaraz is said to have been especially earnest, beautiful, intelligent, energetic, and enthusiastic, according to one biographer. He lived with a wife named Ratanala, and they had no material attachments, it said, and they had no children. At some point, Ramachandra Kavaraj lived with, uh, as best friends with Narottam Das. And uh, that's why he ended up in that, uh, being spoken about in that line about Narottam always praised for the association of Ramachandra Kavaraj. Do you have any questions about him or statements, comments? Oh, he was, uh, he was, he was something in Krishna Leela also. And he must have been one of the mantras. Yeah. Says he served Srimati Radharani, Radharani and Rajalila in the form of Karna Mantri. So he appeared later after, uh, after the time of Lord Chaitanya. <coughs> okay, that was the one tier above. The other one is, is Jayadev. Jayadev was a court pundit of one of the kings of Bengal in the 11th and 12th centuries, most in the 12th century. This was about 300 years before Lord Chaitanya appeared. Um, he had a wife named Padmavati. At some point they left the court of the king and went to live in the grass hut. Um, and then uh, Jayadev began writing his poetry, which was included in the uh, work known as Gita Govinda, which is famous in Vaishnavas. It's kind of an epic that describes the intense ecstasy of Radharani, you know, in the period before the Rasalila and her separation and then, um, you know, the pastimes of Radha and Shamsundar and all these things. It's on the Gita Govinda. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who listened to that daily, and apparently there's a daily scene that Gita Govinda in Puri for Mahaprabhu by uh, um, who is it? Shuru Damodar? I mean, who did that to somebody else? Who had seen that? Um, there's this pastime where uh, when, when Jayadeh was living in this hut, he was writing these verses. One day he had the inspiration to, to, to write in there that Krishna bowed down and touched the lotus, the, the feet of Radharani. But after he was thinking that and starting to write it, he had second thoughts. He hesitated. Like maybe this, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Maybe that's an offense to Krishna to put him in that position. So he was thinking about it. He went to take a bath in the river. And as he was gone, Krishna came, um, appearing just like Jayadev, and went to his wife. And she was preparing 
offering to the deities. They were worshiping the Radhamata deities. So um, he uh, took prasadam from Jayadev's wife and uh, he wrote he wrote something down in the Gita Govinda. So when Jayadev came back, he saw this, written, this line written and uh, he realized that Krishna had come form and look like Jayadev to the wife. So he told the wife, oh, you realize how fortunate we are. And uh, there's a statement of, as far as the Gita Govinda, um, Jayadev, the author himself, said uh, about this Gita Govinda, I thought this was kind of impressive, he said, Whatever is delightful in varieties of music, whatever is graceful in fine streams of poetry, whatever is exquisite in sweet art of love, let the wise and happy find in the Gita Govinda. Whatever is delightful in varieties of music, whatever is graceful in poetry, whatever is exquisite in sweet art of love, So I think that's all I have on that. I actually don't know a lot about these things. All I know is what I read. I'm no expert. He's also the author of the Das Avatar Shotra. Oh. Jai Yeah. So we sing every day. Uh huh. That's one of the Shotra. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I wonder where they came from. The, the whole uh, prayer to where we sing it at. Where is that? Does anyone know? So they, but that, that particular part comes from that here. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, read the verse again and anybody has any comments. All the living entities within the universe are conducted by the vague directions as the bull is directed by the will attached to its nose. No one can violate the rules laid down in the Vedic literatures to the chief person who has contributed to Vedas we offer our respect. I feel like I learned about these rules of the Vedas. I grew up in Christianity and you know, heard the Ten Commandments and I always kind of had those in the back of my mind. But later on, you know, <coughs> school and I remember thinking, you know, this Example of Lord Jesus Christ turning the other cheek. How can I do that? Such a thing. There's so many people ready to insult you and you know, you physically abuse you. And uh, I thought, and, when, and then I finally got into martial arts and I thought, if anybody ever touches me, you know, you know not really, but uh, you know, my mentality got a little bit away from the Lord Jesus Christ in later years. And I saw how these, you know, Ten Commandments, you know. If you violate those things, there's going to be, just wait. It won't necessarily happen right away, but sooner or later, each one of those things. And the Christian people, you know, I don't think they're aware to break these things, you know. But Sri Prabhupada had to come and tell us the four principles. No illicit sex. There's so much adultery. Just frivolous sex going on in our society. Um, 
people just not aware of these things. That you're going to really suffer. <coughs> That's all in my own life. I won't tell the specific gory details, but suffering comes. We violate the Vedic injunctions. And the things in the Bible, these are also Vedic injunctions. It's also the Word of God. So, also Vedas, from what I understand. Is that it? Anybody else? Okay. I'll see if Shamgopal wants to. <laughs> <laughs>